From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. There's been a lot of research in the last decade about the non-specific effects of vaccines or the idea that just because a vaccine is developed to target one specific disease doesn't mean that it doesn't also lessen the risk of some other diseases. This episode, we're joined by Bianca O'Grady, the COVID reporter for the Medical Republic and award-winning science writer about whether the flu vaccine can offer protection against COVID-19. So Bianca, take us back to the start. What was happening last year overseas that sparked this bigger question about protection against SARS-CoV-2 from seasonal influenza vaccines? Well, so there's been, I mean, as you can imagine, a vast amount of data, sort of retrospective data crunching um, during this pandemic, looking for patterns in who gets infected, who gets serious disease, and what might be some of the factors that um, influence those things. Um, and, you know, it's, I guess it's really the, it is the era of data science, this pandemic. Um, and so there was a bunch of researchers in the Netherlands at Radboud University Medical Centre, and they were looking back at data from, um, it was more than 10,000 employees at the medical centre, because it's a big complex of them, um, and just looking to see if there were some key differences between people who got COVID and people who didn't in the first wave. So this was back in June. And what they found, one of the things they looked at was um, whether people had been vaccinated against the flu. And they found that those who had received the flu vaccine um, during the 2019-2020 flu season um, had a 39% lower incidence of COVID-19. Now, they didn't have a huge number of infections. So there was only 184 employees out of this 10,000 who'd got infected during the first wave. So it, it wasn't a particularly high, but it was significant enough for them to kind of wonder what might have been going on. And when they looked around at some of the other data that was out there, there was a Brazilian study uh, of more than 53,000 confirmed COVID cases and found that those who had also, who'd been recently vaccinated against the flu had a 7% lower odds of needing intensive care, 17% lower odds of needing mechanical ventilation and 16% lower odds of death. Um, there was also studies uh, from Italy and the US. Uh, for example, the Italian one was looking at areas that had high um, influenza vaccine coverage um, and they found that those areas had lower rates of COVID-19 deaths in the elderly in particular. So they're the factors suggesting that there could be a lower incidence or severity of COVID-19 among influenza vaccinated individuals. But what about the studies which showed the opposite? Yeah, so it's difficult. Like there's only the one. So there's there's one um, which looked at the rates of vaccine coverage in OECD nations and then compared that to what their um, rates of COVID-19 infections were. Um, that study did find that higher rates of vaccine coverage were actually associated with higher rates of COVID-19 infections. Now, I mean, with observational studies, it's really difficult sometimes to work out what's going on. So, for example, I mean, you could there say, well, perhaps if you've got nations with higher rates of vaccine of influenza vaccine coverage, that might reflect that you've got an older population. So, for example, in Australia, the influenza vaccine is um, free to those aged over 65 um, or who have, um, I think, certain health conditions or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. So, you know, one might argue, well, if you've got an older population, then that's also going to predispose you to higher rates of COVID-19 infections. So it's it's not a straightforward one. And similarly, you know, when you start looking at 
the association between the vaccine and lower infection rates. And the first possibility is what's called the healthy vaccinee effect. So individuals who got vaccinated against influenza or generally who you know, get vaccinated are also probably more likely to engage in other healthy behaviours. So, for example, they're more likely perhaps to comply with public health measures, to wear masks, to self-isolate, to, you know, to, I guess, to look after their health better. And I mean, I guess in some parts of the world, you could also argue that those who can afford to get vaccinated against the flu might also um, generally be wealthier and therefore uh, less subject to, um, you know, the sort of social determinants of health that come, uh, that, that are associated with poverty, for example. But <laughs> the, uh, the, the kind of flip side of that, uh, so that's called the healthy vaccinee effect. But then that doesn't explain the studies suggesting a reduction in COVID-19 severity seen among individuals vaccinated against influenza. So, for example, the uh, Brazilian study showed that those who were recently vaccinated had lower odds of intensive care, lower odds of needing mechanical ventilation and lower odds of death from COVID-19. So that doesn't necessarily, um, that can't necessarily be explained by saying, well, people who uh, get vaccinated against influenza are more likely to wear face masks, for example. I mean, it, it, it might if you start to look at, well, do they get a lower dose of the virus when they do get exposed? But it's it's harder to dismiss it then as just being the healthy vaccinee effect. And what about the vaccination bias effect and the idea that we might be more comfortable favouring the flu vaccine because we know more about it and we're more used to it? Yeah, well, people certainly are. I mean, yeah, the flu vaccine is a is a known quantity, um, even though somewhat ironically it does change every year. Um, it's it's a useful thing because it means you know if if there was to be some level of protection associated with the flu vaccine, then not only is the flu vaccine fairly kind of you know it's been around for a long time, but um, it's much more accessible because we have all of these manufacturing systems in place. It's 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 kind of you know that that machinery is well and truly spun up and rolling. So it means that we could, in theory, um, create a kind of a almost a baseline level protection in the community that might reduce the risk of people getting COVID, reduce the severity of COVID if they do get it. Um, without uh, you know, if, for example, in the absence of a COVID nineteen vaccine or um, if the vaccine has proved less effective against certain strains, because that would be the other advantage of the influenza vaccine offering some level of cross-protection against COVID is that it would be strain agnostic. Um, it's it's not because... So Natia, um, this researcher in the Netherlands, they actually looked at the immunological um, sides side of what might be going on. And we do know that there is sort of a cross-protection. Basically, when you... Um, when you get, it's kind of viral interference, I guess, and that can also be vaccine interference. So when you get one, when you're infected with one virus, it's highly unlikely that you'll get another at the same time. Um, and so because your your body is reacting, you know, you're, you're kind of throwing up these immune defense mechanisms and you kind of get, you know, it goes a more broad benefit. And so if that's the case with the influenza vaccine offering that sort of vaccine interference against um, COVID, it doesn't matter what strain of COVID, it's just going to give you better defence against COVID and probably a whole host of other viruses as well. I mean, it'd be interesting too to know whether that extends to the rhinovirus. If you get vaccinated against flu, are you less likely to get a cold? 
So that's probably a whole other study. But no, so there, there is going to be some research um, looking at this. So there is now a prospective study of influenza vaccination um, and to see whether that offers protection against COVID-19. That's being done in Brazil because obviously they have very high rates of, of COVID infection at the moment. Um, and it'd be great if they could roll this out in, in India as well, just to kind of, you know, anything to, to offer greater protection. But yes, it's very much a watch this space, this story. But it certainly, from my perspective, it, it, it gives an additional reason to, um, to get the, the flu vax when it comes out this year. And I may be taking a stab in the dark here. Let me know if you can't answer it. But at the moment, we give the COVID-19 vaccines and the flu vaccine two weeks apart. Given these studies and, and what you've been saying on this podcast, is there any suggestion in the research community that it could be something that we roll these two vaccines into, you know, one super vaccine? <laughs> I, I have, I don't know. I don't know at all. I, my gut feeling would be no, because I know, you know, obviously we do give vaccines that combine, you know, combination vaccines already for a number of different um, diseases. But I think it's too early to say whether that you know, giving these at the same time, whether that would kind of um, be a good thing or potentially be a bad thing, whether it would increase protective effects or whether it would decrease them, I, I don't know. But I think given that we're still coming, you know, we're still kind of doing post-marketing surveillance, so to speak, of the COVID vaccines, I think it'll be a long time before we start combining those vaccines with, uh, with other vaccines. Um, we need to really, really understand how the COVID vaccine works in terms of, you know, its long-term effectiveness, its short-term you know, adverse reactions, all of those things before we start combining them. But, um, but yeah, certainly I think that for me the main take-home for this was it adds yet another reason to get vaccinated against the flu, not the least being you just don't want to end up in hospital in the middle of a pandemic. And what if the discussion around the fact that using the influenza vaccine for some level of protection against COVID-19 might actually protect you more against these emerging variants because obviously we don't know too much about how the COVID vaccinations protect us against different strains of SARS-CoV-2. Well, this is, yeah, this is the advantage of the flu vaccine is that if, uh, if the influenza vaccine is offering cross-protection simply by virtue of spinning up the immune system um, and, you know, producing this kind of, I guess, interference, um, it doesn't matter what strain of the virus you're exposed to, of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, um, it's it's an immune response that would um, provide protection against any kind of viral onslaught. It doesn't matter which virus. It's just that your immune system is primed. Um, it's you know it's I guess yeah spun up for lack of a better word, and not that it ever spins down. It's primed to protect, uh, and that. Certainly, I mean, how long that effect lasts, we don't know. These studies were all looking at people who'd been recently vaccinated, so in the, in the previous year. So whether that, you know, offers protection more long term, I suspect not, given that it's, it's um, you know, more a function of your um, immune response rather than being a, a long term thing. But, uh, but yeah, lot, lots of questions, certainly more questions than answers at this stage. But that's, uh, that's ex the excitement of science. Bianca, thank you so much. Thanks, Francine. If you've enjoyed the show, you might like to check out the rest of our journalism by visiting our website. That's medicalrepublic.com.au. On the site, you can subscribe to our daily newsletter and make sure you don't miss a minute, including our next episode of The Tea Room.